the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, which is dePietro.com. This portion of our uh, show, folks, is remember... You want to make sure you're nice and cool this summer. Call JKL Engineering today. Call JKL. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's JKL Engineering. Give them a call. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available. Call JKL Engineering, 401-351-7600. 401-351-7600 for JKL Engineering. I want to uh, just quickly play. This is Tucker Carlson last night talking about Don Lemon. Don Lemon of uh, CNN. Here we go. Lamont is a cable news host on our competitor over at CNN, and most of the time he talks about cable news host type things, what the Royals are up to, how a commercial airliner might have flown into a black hole, you know, the news. But Don Lamont is, most importantly, more than that. Don Lamont is a civil rights leader. And just the other day, he spoke to the Washington Post about his feelings on civil rights, and he declared, you may not be surprised by this, that America is a racist country. Quote, We're living in two different realities as black and white people, said Father Lamont. It was interesting. We read that and we thought, well, here's a guy who makes millions of dollars a year for presiding over a show that is failing. That seems like a pretty good deal. But like so many, Don Lamont is also a victim, a successful victim. And so we asked on the victim scale, on the scale of, say, Meghan Markle to Michelle Obama, just how oppressed is Don Lamont. What is the different reality he is forced to live in as a black man in America? Well, we did a little digging, and here are the details. Don Lamont lives in a $4.3 million home in Sag Harbor, Harbor, New York. No, he does not live in Section 8 housing. He lives in one of the whitest towns in America. In fact, 80% Sag Harbor is just 3% African American. Now, in the interview, Mr. Lamont said, America needs to see more people like him. He regularly lectures America about diversity. What he didn't tell the Washington Post is that in his free time, he runs away from diversity. His reality is that he doesn't like diversity at all. None of them do. But here's the most troubling discovery about Mr. Lamont. Now, you have heard from the White House, from the president himself, that white supremacy is a lurking threat. You might not always see it, but it's always there. Like Russian spies, white supremacists come in the dark of night in the most surprising form. They're shapeshifters. And we're not calling anybody a white supremacist here, but you have to ask yourself. I want to put this on the screen now. What is this? This symbol of hate. Symbol of hate posing as a cookie jar, doing in Don Lamont's kitchen. Do you see that? That right there, ladies and gentlemen, is a white supremacist QAnon cookie jar. Now, we're not calling for the Department of Justice to look more deeply into this because that's not our place. We're a cable news show, not a law enforcement agency. But let's just put it this way. If you find yourself with a black face cookie jar in your own kitchen, <laughs> it's time to reflect. That means you, Don Lamont. We have good news for you tonight. Turns out we're not all going to be. Now, listen, he calls him Don Lamont. It's actually, right, Don Lemon. Don Lemon that he's referring to. Well, folks, good afternoon. You know, Tucker is, um, Tucker Carlson has really become like, 
Well, there's him, and then there's basically everybody else. It's John DePietro. Now, again, big story right now. It's 110. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 199.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. And don't forget, DePietro.com, which is uh, sponsored by Surplus Provisions. Stop in and see them. This incredible store. Uh, where And they're so different. Surplus provisions, Pontiac Avenue in Cranston. People drive in from Massachusetts. People drive in from Connecticut. They drive in from all of Rhode Island. And you'll find out why. Because they have tactical gear and they have body armor. And they also have uh, pepper spray, all different sizes. It's female friendly to shop there. I saw Tanya just a week and a half ago at the Second Amendment rally. At the uh, Rhode Island State House, but surplus provisions, Pontiac Avenue and Cranston. They also have food storage, by the way. Stop and look for them on Facebook. But they are, um, you can link right through if you're trying to find them. They can link right through on the website, tobetro.com. I want to again play the part about Senator Sheldon Whitehouse and why this has made such news. Talk about being caught flat footed. But it's really his line of all white clubs in Rhode Island are a long-standing Rhode Island tradition. You had expressed concerns about the membership of the all-white Bailey's Beach Club, said that you hoped it would become more diverse. Now, your family's been members. Your wife is one of the largest shareholders. Has there been any traction in that? Are there any minority members of the club now? I think the people who are running the place are still working on that. I'm sorry it hasn't happened yet. Um, Do you have concerns in 2021? I mean, obviously, it's been four years. You had remarks on the floor following the deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd saying, you know, hoping to root out systemic racism in the country. Um, Your thoughts on an elite, all-white, wealthy club again in this day and age, Um, you know, should these clubs continue to exist? It's a long tradition in Rhode Island, and there are many of them. And uh, I think we just need to work our way through the issues. Thank you. Now, again, she's walking. He's trying to find his way to his car. This was separate from the rest of the media. Um, and then you hear exactly how, he, you know, he handled himself, which is he, he's like dying and something like that. I mean, but you I also wonder where exactly was his staff? That's where that that is so. Maybe because it's Newport or they're just they didn't know who was going to show up. Um, but what's amazing about that is that he was left unguarded. And somebody within his staff really screwed up. Now, again, folks, I'm not in any way um, defending him. Certainly not. But that is... Um, that's where he's really, really in trouble. I'm looking at another headline. Democrats sweeping election bills poised for failure in Senate. Well, we need to pay attention exactly what's going on with the state Senate, the uh, voting bills in Rhode Island. Because we are we are really at a pivotal point. And I, I also think, I'm looking at the Washington Post. The big question about White House's alleged Allwood Beach Club Um I don't subscribe to them. So, oh, okay. I am able to get it. It's not entirely clear whether Sheldon Whitehouse has indeed belonged to an all-week beach club. What is clear, handled the question about it poorly, means that we, it remains inexplicable. We don't know more by now.
White House's office have offered shifting explanations since a local reporter asked about it Friday in his membership in Bailey's Beach Club. White House was asked the reporter, all-white beach club, she asked any minorities. He seemed to grant the premise of the question while suggesting the club had indeed been derelict and diversifying its membership. So, except White House in his office later claimed it has indeed had happened, at least to some extent. A spokesman for the senator told the Washington Post the club had no such restrictive policy regarding the race of its members. The spokesman also said the club has had and had members of color. White, White House also made the clarification himself, telling Channel 10 there's no discrimination policy. He said there never there, said there was never such a policy. He also said the club has a long tradition being a family club. What's especially confusing about the initial response and later clarification is he should probably have been ready for such questions. This isn't the first time his affiliation with the club has been an issue. The same local website pressed him on it in 2017 when a reporter had transferred his shares to his wife. It said it tracked him down after weeks of him refusing to answer their questions about its membership. Senator said at the time he would privately take up the diversity issue with the club. It was also brought up at a 2018 debate when his long, long-shot Republican opponent, Bob Flanders said Bailey was not only exclusive, but doesn't admit blacks or Jews. White House responded, I don't think my, I don't think my Republican opponent has characterized it all at all fairly. Go local. This is the biggest story they've ever had. Also said in its 2017 story that the issue was raised during White House's first Senate campaign, 2006. He promised to quit the membership. White House's office denies he made such a promise. He recalls he transferred his shares to his wife to accommodate a club policy of spouses not both being members. The Post has been unable to locate a report indicating such a promise by White House in 2006. Go Local stands by its reporting. Fenton saying the Senator promised a number of times that would quit. It was well stated. Predates the launch of Go Local in 2010. I don't know if I believe that. Given all that, especially 2017, one would think he would have more of a handle on where the club stands on the matter. If you were asked about being a member of an all-white club and it wasn't true, wouldn't your first impulse be to dispute it? The lack of the diversity at the beach club was also noted in a 2003 New York Times profile. Qualified a biracial grandchildren of a member were allowed in. Uh, blacks, not really. It's not the case. Uh, there's someone... There is someone who could clear up much of this, of course, but Bailey's Beach Club has repeatedly declined to speak up. We're a very small private beach club. We have no comment. They have 500 members. Our club information is private. The Post has reached out to Bailey's, but no comment still stands. Thank you for calling. Have a great day. If the answer was the club made strides in diversity, it would seem in its interest to make that known. It would also be in White House interest to spur such a dis- disclosure, and he has leverage, not as senator, as someone whose wife became the largest shareholder. White House suggested the matter was being blown out of proportion by conservative media. After several years of this being an issue, though, one would think we'd have some more precise facts on this from White House and the Beach Club, especially given the premium Democrats like him are placing on racial diversity and equity. So this is um, exactly, folks, as I have been saying, which is if you were being asked about being a member of an all-white club, you absolutely would be inclined to speak up. Now, this story, uh, Go Local Proud broke this on Saturday. Today is Tuesday, 
And Senator Whitehouse tried to clean it up yesterday. He still has not. It's it's a full alarm fire. They're now trying to just make it die down. But the club's saying that they have their membership is private. Um does not help his situation in any way. Well, folks, good afternoon. It's 118. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. We're going to take a break in just a moment. But this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Now, listen, outside, and it's uh, muggy, and you, maybe you have, do you have some of that green stuff, as I like to call it, that is uh, perhaps outside, it's on a... Um, your home or a walkway, or you certainly see it on a tennis court, text Jared Bethel Certified Soft Wash today at 401-617-2585. 617-2585, Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Now, they're also on Facebook, but we're talking about algae and mildew and dirt. And you want to get it rid of, get it off those uh, surfaces. Not only does it not look good, but it can damage the surface. He has a great website as well, RhodeIslandSoftWashing.com. At least get a free estimate, RhodeIslandSoftWashing.com. And whether it is on a industrial building or a restaurant or home, a roof, a deck, patio, walkway, contact Jared today. Again, free same-day text estimate. Just text him at 401-617-2585. All right, folks, it's John DePietro. Here's what we're going to do. A lot more to go. Right now it's 119. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be back. Stay tuned. A lot more ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. The pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. Last night, Fox News, Laura Ingram program. Let's go to the sound. Joy, Joy Behar is in town. Move over St. Augustine or Thomas Aquinas. They don't know anything. Listen to Joy. Okay. Before I go, Senator Sheldon Whitehouse of Rhode Island, I know a friend of yours, was cornered by a local reporter over his membership in the Bailey's Beach Club. This is an exclusive, very restricted resort that he has enjoyed for decades. Are there any minority members of the club now? I think the people who are running the place are still working on that. I'm sorry it hasn't happened yet. You had remarks on the floor following the deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd saying, you know, hoping to root out systemic racism in the country. Um, Your thoughts on an elite, all-white, wealthy club, again, in this day and age, um, you know, should these clubs continue to exist? It's a long tradition in Rhode Island, and there are many of them. Yeah, Klan meetings are traditions in some parts of the country, too, Lord. <laughs> Look, this is over the line. White House tried to clean this up today by claiming the club does have diverse membership and that he will no longer be a member. But remember, Laura, his wife is the third largest shareholder in the club. So he won't just be there. He'll share ownership. I like that. Folks, that was last night on uh, Laura Ingram. Now, also... As I have on the website, DePietro.com, number one, I was at Bailey's Beach Club yesterday. You can see the video of that. It is a beautiful club right there in Newport. Number two, you know, Sandra Whitehouse, what's the connection? 
Sandra Whitehouse was actually probably the person very instrumental in getting Gina Raimondo to become Commerce Secretary. You can read about it. She was on the committee for Commerce, granted as a volunteer. She's the third largest shareholder. And it'll be interesting to see if Governor Raimondo, if asked, Commerce Secretary Raimondo criticizes Bailey's Beach Club. But Sheldon Whitehouse, he was caught flat-footed. He did say that. And for them to try to argue that it's not, an ex- of course it is. It's exactly that. And they try to say, oh, well, you know, we're, we don't turn anyone down. But it's the type of club that they have to ask you if you want to join. You don't just go there and say, hey, I'd like to be a member. Fill out the paperwork. It doesn't work that way. It's very extensive background. Uh, it's, it's, prob- it's actually the most exclusive club in the state to, uh, to be part of. And Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, uh, I saw some good articles written that, you know, this is where two things collide. He's trying to be this progressive Democrat, but he's a a Yankee blue blood. Now, also, I want to touch on it, a busy afternoon. I was also out in uh, Warwick. And and if you read again the website, DePetro.com, folks, the, the media, with the exception of the Boston Globe, and they even changed their story a little bit. With the drowning Sunday, and it's tragic, you have a young girl goes out onto the sandbar, Connecticut Point in Warwick, gets swept up because then the currents come in and the sandbar disappears and she gets taken off into the water and then three men jump in, one drowns trying to save her. Um, His family are trying to raise money. They have a GoFundMe to send him back. They say they want him buried in Guatemala. So, all right, so you have an illegal from Guatemala in Central Falls. The guy drowned trying to save her. Two other men also went into the water, and one of them is in critical condition. I think it could be her her uncle. Now, in the Boston Globe story that they changed, so they edited it. I saw it. I took a screenshot of it, and they specifically say there was a language barrier on Sunday during this tragedy as it was unfurling. There was a language barrier. What does that mean? It means the people there, the girls' families from Providence, they don't speak English. Some of the other people that are there, they're from Central Falls. They're, listen, what the state is talking about, they want to extend driving privileges to illegals. This is some of the things that happen. When you start to bring people from other countries, other lands, into our state, and, and it's very simple. I'm not saying they're bad people. They certainly are here illegally, but but look look at what they, there was a language barrier there. Suddenly, there's something happening. Everyone is diving around. The uh, first responders on the scene, and it's very chaotic because because nobody involved speaks English. They're not sure who they're looking for. They're not sure where the person went. Who else is missing? So you just didn't have one person in the water. You had. You know, you had t- two men ended up uh, in the hospital that are still there. I think one in critical condition. Another person drowned. So you have a very chaotic situation. And and simply, it's also very clear, those signs are not in Spanish. So if the state wants to start to move in the direction where they're going to bring all these people in and welcome them, come into Rhode Island, you can get a driver's license here. It's a sanctuary state. Well, you, you know, you're going to have more incidents like this where... People are going along. And again, they don't know. Uh, There was also a report, again, I'll give credit to the Boston Globe, that said during the pandemic, a lot of those people started to 
kind of go out. They apparently used to drive to Narragansett. They, they're not from here. They didn't even know that that, is, that spot existed. Then someone somehow took them or they, they discovered Connecticut Point and felt, you know, we're in Providence. That's in Connecticut. It's so much closer than driving all the way down to Narragansett. They don't see the signs. They're not from here. So, but you're going to have that type of chaos. And this is going to go on more. And you're going to have also incidents where you're in a, in a traffic accident. It's happening now. I'm just saying it's going to happen a lot more where you're going to need translators at a lot of these accidents and, and incidents. And it's very simple because there's there's going to be a language barrier. So the big news of, of yesterday is Senator Whitehouse, Bailey's Beach Club, it, it is an all-white it's a very exclusive type of club, but it's also an all-white club. And he can give all these speeches about George Floyd and Black Lives Matter and diversity. But there's no way any of those people would ever be allowed in Bailey's Beach Club. If the regular people that live in Newport ever tried to get in there, the answer would be absolutely not. And even yesterday, you can see I'm there and there's, it's pretty quiet and I'm just trying to get some answers and look for somebody to film. And their first response is not, may I help you? Their first response is, get off the property or we'll call the police. Now, what would they have done if I was a person of color? What if there were three people of color? What if there were three African-American uh, people there yesterday? They Then they would have called the police and would have called them instantly. But it is what it is. Now, notice, you know, the wife, they're not going to resign. But the, the media, to a larger part... It was Sandra Whitehouse that was instrumental in getting Gina Raimondo in as Commerce Secretary. And let's see now if Sandra Whitehouse is going to leave Bailey's Beach Club. She's just apparently the third largest owner of the club because there are like owners of the club. And this ties right into the Biden administration and just the, the farce of the whole thing with these people that are trying to walk around and they're preaching to you about diversity and they're preaching to all of us about Black Lives Matter and blah, blah, blah. And yet privately in the summertime, they like to hang out and they are exclusively at all white beach clubs down by the shore. I mean, it is just the height of hypocrisy, as a matter of fact. So but Sheldon. I also want to give credit. A lot of the local media seemingly would give him a pass on this. Folks, you, you see, this is between the story in North Kingstown and this story. If you notice, there's more and more stories that if they're not framed the right type of way, a lot of times the local media gives them a pass. Now, Senator Whitehouse yesterday, he was saying, well, this is only news among some of these right wing People And I know right wing talk shows. So, of course, he's taking a shot at me. But what that really is, is that's talking points against the rest of the media saying, don't tell me you're believing DePietro. Don't tell me you're going to fall into the same trap as Fox News. I thought you were better than that. Blah, 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 blah. So, all right, two big stories. Again, folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's spring and time to call J.K.L. Engineering today at 401-351-7600. J.K.L. Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, pretty soon it'll be warm, it'll be hot. Why not have central air for your home? Call J.K.L. Engineering today, 401-351-7600. Remember, with J.K.L., 
Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial, in the wintertime. JKL, they can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. It's going to be a hot summer. Call JKL Engineering today. Be nice and cool in your home this summer. Call JKL 401-351-7600 for 54 years. JKL's reputation, second to none, especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction. JKL, they do it right. They do it right the first time. They're an approved national grid VPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL for a system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call JKL Engineering today. For Light for Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 401-351-7600, 401-351-7600. It's JKL Engineering. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. We're in an accident. Someone hits your vehicle. It's damaged in some way. Pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 401- 272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, They'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them 401-272-3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, the first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, Tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, he is the managing editor for AnchorRising.com. It is Justin Katz. Justin, I'd like to start off with a word that came out. It was uh, actually broken by the Boston Globe that the state Senate, they're poised, I believe, in their judiciary to hear. They're calling it driving privileges for people that are in the state, in the country, illegally. And they seem to point out Frank Chacon, big labor organizer, he's one of the people behind it. And um, and they believe that it will pass through the House. And Governor McKee is on record saying that he would sign something like that if, in fact, it went through the legislature. He wasn't going to just do uh, executive action. So I'd like to start off and uh, get some of your thoughts on it. I don't think it should be ignored that you have, uh, you know, the, it's 
it's I think a lot of the union people that obviously would that they kind of view this as a chance to get new members into their unions or have more you know due paying members. But let's start off with the fact that it didn't get a lot of play, but it certainly would be historic that in Rhode Island, if uh, if illegals, whatever people want to call them, undocumented illegals, but that they would be receiving quote driving privileges. It's a strange, strange dynamic. I, the um, the bill actually goes kind of farther. I'm, I'm sympathetic and have been to some extent to the idea that if people are here, whatever the case, let's make things as safe to have them on the road as possible. That kind of thing. It's a, it's a there's a reasonable argument to be made there. But things in this bill go much farther. So, for example, it it really it forbids it not only forbids the DMV from giving any information to other government agencies that are investigating immigration laws, but it it requires the DMV to warn the person that another agency was asking. So if the uh, if ICE were to come to Rhode Island and say, we're looking for this, this criminal illegal alien, um, do you have any records on that person? The DMV has to essentially say no comment and then go tell that person hey ice is looking for you and that that really starts to go from beyond accommodating people who happen to be here dealing with a problem that the national the federal government isn't dealing with adequately um and making it into almost we don't we don't we're not really part of the united states for this issue people can come here and we'll treat them differently than than our our national government has has said we should and, and that we've agreed to as part of the united states and that that's what really starts to to get to me uh the, the frank Chacon actually said he's been watching he used to oppose this but he's been watching his neighborhood fill up with more and more latino people and that makes me wonder why we still have this idea that people who are here legally or our citizens have some kind of affinity for people who are not i i think we're we're kind of i don't know uh, that may be one of the blind spots on the left uh, as we see more and more uh, more and more people from all nationalities assimilate to the United States for the opportunities we have here uh, that that attitude might change politically unless of course the the big looming question in the background is is this also a path toward voting for folks who are here illegally and that right. would change things dramatically are you um, – what do you make of the fact that this word hit uh, very late night Thursday but then Friday? And unless you've seen something, I haven't seen one press release or any statement from from anyone that would uh, would be against this. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean it's um, – there, there used to be uh, Rhode Islanders for immigration law enforcement. They're still out there. Uh, Terry Gorman, um, the, he that all a lot of I mean it, it that's a good that issue is a good indication of of the problem we have in Rhode Island. There's all the incentives, the financial incentives, <coughs> the business incentives are for the people advocating progressive causes. The incentives on the other side, it really depends on whether you have a citizen or small group of citizens who who take an interest in an issue and are willing to advocate for it. But it it really shows how things are structurally so in favor of the left around here it's just it's hard to get people together for these kind of things especially during covid and then you have yes. the progressive um progressive strategies which we saw before pre-covid where there would be a bill like this uh ryle would get together go to the state house with a bunch of people and then progressives would show up in clown costumes to mock yes, them and, I and, and so, yes. yeah so it's i mean uh. that's that's all t- points to kind of the the 
direction that progressive politics are taking us. It's not, it's all about special interests versus general interests. There's no incentive to push back like individual incentives as in, I will get money from my job for advocating this particular thing. And then when you try to try to state your point of view, you're disrespected, not only by uh, activists mocking you, the news right. media, the the power base of the state. It's very, very difficult to push back on that thing, this kind of thing. So I, I think immigration issues are going to be, are definitely going to be part of the package of, of horrible innovations we have in Rhode Island as progressives kind of realize that they've, they've captured the state. I did speak with Terry Gorman of Ryle, but aside from that, do you think, Justin Katz, is this an issue the Rhode Island Republican Party should beef up and make some noise about? Well, I think, from my perspective, I think the, the Rhode Island Republican Party ought to be focusing a lot of energy on minority groups, not trying to woo them with, uh, we're, we're going to out-progressive the progressives, but going there, interacting with people, understanding what they really believe, and, and starting to starting to kind of show commonality with them. I mean, minorities support things like school choice. Then, so I, on this particular issue, I'm not I don't know. Oh, minorities also support, you know, more more law enforcement, not defunding police, that kind of thing. On this particular issue, I haven't seen the, any data, one way or another, on whether you know the minority communities actually oppose or are actually starting to think of themselves more as Americans, legal Americans, not associating with illegal immigrants. Uh, that would be. I think that the party ought to definitely explore that as part of a larger effort to to really show commonality of conservative values uh, with, with groups that have traditionally just voted party line Democrat. How do you think finally um, this issue of giving driving privileges to illegals? Now I think it's a danger. I think Rhode Island becomes a magnet. If you're anywhere in new England, uh, if you can get a license, I think it does lead to voting, but how do you think this would stand if it was put on the ballot? I, you know, I, I not long ago, I would have said it would go down. Uh, I these days I just don't know. <laughs> Partly because I, I I'm, I'm not sure where the the political center is, and I don't trust our electoral system all that much Ooh, right now. Um, so yeah. I, I'm I'm not really sure where where it would fall on there. But I, I agree, it is it is a magnet kind of policy. I mean, as the provision I just I mentioned a few minutes ago, if you are in the country illegally, the idea not only that you would not only that you would get could get a driver's license in Rhode Island, but also that the state government is required to warn you if they get wind that yes. immigration officials are looking for you. Uh, that I mean, that's a pretty pretty big draw, and so you'll get people coming here. And the idea of one of the problems with it, especially, is that it's not extremely secure. I mean, if no. I if, are, are we going to believe people at the DMV are going to be able to judge the legitimacy of a foreign birth certificate, for example? And then there are every every other provision other than trying to prove your age and your identity, residence and all that. The DMV can just make things up. The law gives some some IDs, types of ID, but then it all it says that the DMV through regulation can decide to take pretty much anything they want. So it, it really becomes a question of, of security and people being able to come here make up a birth certificate, get some phony documents, and boom, you've got a driver's license and you're legitimate in the state, maybe even changing your, your identification uh, off, the, off the books. It really starts to become a dangerous, dangerous draw. And so you've got people who are here illegally with possibly false do- documentation, and 
maybe they're working, maybe they're not, maybe they're working off the books and still collecting welfare agency, uh, welfare checks and that kind of thing. They're utilizing our resources, our schools. Uh, it, it really does become a, a problem for a state that doesn't, Huge. we're not. Exactly, they're a burden. These yeah. people that are coming, I'm against it. They're, they're the poorest of the poor and, and they're in tremendous need of social services. And regardless of what these people try to claim, they do not pay taxes. They don't file state, uh, state taxes. They don't pay federal taxes. They pay sales tax if they buy something. But no, it's a huge drain on our system. Uh, I I am against it. I I still think it would fail. To be honest with you, I do. I think if this were okay. put on the ballot, I think it goes down somewhere around seventy thirty, maybe sixty five forty five, somewhere there. But I still think when you you have two different states, you have all the progressives that pile in it and they march around in Providence. But then when you get outside of there, uh, I I think it's it's a different state. Cranston, Warwick, I don't think. That crowd, I don't think they support a lot, a lot of things that are going on in Providence. Folks, we're going to take a, a quick break. A lot more politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor at Ocean State, OceanStateCurrent.com. Excuse me, um, managing editor for Anchor Rising. I apologize. Right here on the John DePietro Show. <laughs> For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, 401-439-6028. Fully insured tree removal company with a licensed arborist. Yankee Tree Service, they provide various tree services, including tree removal, pruning, land clearing, stump grinding, and bobcat service. Check out their website, yankeetreeservice.com. Whether it's for tree removal or stump grinding, Yankee Tree Service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps. Tree pruning. You know, many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down. The licensed arborists with Yankee Tree Service, they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree. Emergency service or bucket truck service. They'll get up in the bucket. Call Yankee Tree Service today for a free quote, 401-439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com. Our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. Justin, the uh, House of Representatives announced new budget. $13 billion. I remember when it was getting close to being $10 billion. Uh, in Governor McKee's budget that he put forth in March, it was going to be $11 billion. The state of New Hampshire, which is actually a uh, geographically a larger state than Rhode Island, their budget is $6.5 billion. $13 billion budget for Rhode Island. I think one of the dangers is they, they say, well, there's a lot of federal money, but you and I have seen in the past where if Something starts with a federal program. Then when they get cut or they lose it, they say, oh, we we can't end it. We have to keep it going. All these people now depend on it. And then, you know, suddenly it works its way into the state budget. But I I think this is so completely out of control. Thirteen billion dollar budget. Yeah, it's it's eye popping. It was we were pushing ten. It was only I mean, we all remember it because it was only a couple of years ago. It's not as if you know this is we're talking twenty years. Twenty years ago, it was something like five or thereabouts. It is it is well out of proportion, and you're exactly right. The often the goal is to 
get the program started, build that constituency that will demand that, and then find ways to impose the costs on everybody. And this is why we end up with poor services, because money is redirected toward things that aren't basic government services. So I, I, I agree. I think, I mean, we did see with the Obama stimulus, the overall budget, federal and, and state money combined, did go down slightly after the bonus stimulus, but not the full amount. So I, I think that's what we can expect. The new normal above, you know, above 10, certainly, but probably closer to 11 or $12 billion made up of, of local money. And that's, it's just an increasing drain. And it, uh, there's no, there's no justification for it, particularly given the poor quality of our services. The general assembly is coming, um, <clears throat> wrapping up and coming to the end of this session. And Justin, I, I don't know about you. I mean, the, the, some of the biggest problems, the biggest problem right now is the worker shortage. They, they're not addressing that. They seem to be doing knee-jerk reaction on gun legislation. Um, you know, everything hasn't come to a close yet. But one of the, I think, more controversial things that happened during the General Assembly or that we learned about was just the fact that, you know, the part that in Warwick that they slid in that line that no one was paying attention to, which allowed – uh, with overtime, the firefighters be able to count vacation time. With COVID and all that and the kind of the disorienting surge of progressivism at the state house on, on a multitude of issues, it's almost like let's just get this session over with and then we'll try to pick up the pieces afterwards. And I think there, there are probably lots and lots of those provisions like you just mentioned um, that, that are being slipped into law or will be as the final days of the General Assembly are, are passed. Uh, and then we, we all just kind of have to – it's almost like – ending the passing the legislative session to see what it did uh, i think we're going to have that feeling for for a number of years as we unpack what they're doing and I, I think they're under the radar on purpose i mean i know at local levels where they're still having meetings by zoom and that kind of thing they, the the people in government love it because it's very hard to keep keep track of things it's very hard to push back on anything and so i, I think there's probably lots and lots under the, the radar, like the like the illegal immigrant IDs we were just talking about, yeah. driver's licenses. I mean, that's something that would have been big news for the entire session. I mean, it's, it wasn't. I it's it's bill number isn't you know yesterday. It's not a brand new bill, but nobody caught it because there's there's a lot going on. And it's very hard to keep track, and so that there's there's a lot of danger out there right now. That is another example also where as much as, you know, people who say Mattiello was the firewall against progressives, boy, more and more he is he is proving that the case. Because do you get the sense, Justin Katz, and again, folks, our segment is politics this week with me is Justin Katz, managing editor, AnchorRising.com. Justin, the progressives not only seem to be rolling but gearing up for, you know, they want to take over a place like the Providence City Council and – they're really starting to gear up for the rep races. And I think, again, uh, I don't know. I don't think people are fully aware 
of just how much they are very close to making huge gains at the state house. Yes, uh, at the state house, and as you said, at every at every level of government. I mean, there yeah. was just recently, and and not only government but all government satellites. Just the past couple of days on the on the blog we, we've talked about recently, uh, legal insurrection. Yes, they've been they've been following critical race theory and such in Rhode Island, and they have a post up just a couple of days ago about uh, how this superintendents association has been actually lobbying to change access to public records laws in order to yep. make it harder for parents to get information about what's going on with left-wing indoctrination in the schools so that that points to how it's it's not just your representatives it's not you're just your city council people the entire state government and all of the you know satellites that that go around and make their living like leeches off of it they're all gearing up in the same direction and that's that's going to require a, a lot of pushback from people who are who are really just trying to live their lives and aren't particularly organized because they they have no reason to be, uh, and I think we're, that's a one of the dangerous markers of the next couple of years. And it also the way they um, dismiss them as they they're saying it's kind of like the Fox News Newsmax crowd that seems to be requesting this information about critical race theory. Uh, that that to me, Justin, is an example that. You know, it's the expression, you know, you're not paranoid if there are people against you. They are singling out a group. They're labeling them. And basically, if you have questions about it, this is another bullying tactic. But if you have questions about it, they're now putting you in the category of your part of that, you know, uh, conservative, far right wing. Uh, you're part of a racist group and you're part of the Fox News group that that wants to get access to this these public documents. Yeah, and it's it's a huge trap if you think about it. I mean, yeah. so the, they they make it so that if you you're part of this group, you get your information from these sources. But if you but the, those sources are the only ones telling you anything about this. I mean, those sources are the ones that let you know that the people who advocate for critical race theory are out there saying things like white people are psychotic, or um, it's very hard to teach critical race theory and not get angry at white people. I mean, that, those are the sorts of things they're saying. To find that out, you don't find that out in the mainstream news media, which which is still playing this off as you know, sort of like they called the January, they all, all at once decided January 6th was an insurrection. This, they've all decided, is just teaching uh, the truth about American ra racial tensions. I mean, that's how they're characterizing it. So that's what you see in the mainstream news media. If you go outside the mainstream news media to find out more information, if you can, who knows, Facebook and Twitter and all, YouTube block that stuff, I'm sure. But um, if you go outside the mainstream news media, suddenly just by doing that, you're proving that you're a wacko who doesn't deserve your rights to transparency from government. That's the way they're, that's the attack. And it goes, in, in my view, right up to uh, Biden's reinvigoration of the old Obama uh, attempt to make basically conservatism and traditional values a marker of terrorism. And the, the greatest threat to our country right now is is kind of conservative terrorism. That's all part and parcel of, of this sort of ideological takeover that we're seeing. And unfortunately, Rhode Island's kind of leading edge on that. Yeah, and I, I saw my old colleague Arlene Violet even wrote a piece for the East Bay Papers where uh, she was saying, oh, critical race theory, it's important to be in the schools and teach kids about the you know real aspect of slavery and the, what happened with the Tulsa massacre, but that that seems to be a, a a talking point, and that's missing. What a lot of the parents have pointed out is they get the kids young and they teach this group, you're the oppressors. You, this group, you're the oppressed. Everything comes down to gender and color of skin. 
But again, to me, a talking point is only racists don't want to talk about racial justice and critical race theory. And what's wrong with teaching, you know, history of black history and what happened with slavery? That's that's talking points. That's missing to me the real nature of why people are are fighting this because it's acute. It's it's confusing the children. And why do you want to take children and right at the age of five and six make it all about gender and skin color? Yeah, I mean, well, one of the, the fact that this is coming out of universities and, and critical theories uh, at the, in higher education just shows they're they're very clever. They've spent decades on the left it, using the resources of these institutions to come up with ways to frame things that make it very difficult to to push back on. A good example to me is is Juneteenth, uh, which you know I, I was going around town for local budget related things in Tiverton, talking to people this week and. I heard more about, I think, than budget matters. People were more interested in, in critical race theory and that sort of thing. And he, on Juneteenth in particular, nobody I've talked to anywhere has any objection to celebrating emancipation. It's a wonderful thing. It was, it's good that it, it occurred. I can't, folks. We're speaking, victory go ahead, Justin. we're speaking with Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. Go right ahead, Justin. So, but the, what I was saying was, it what everybody's kind of uncomfortable with is this idea that it's called Juneteenth because yes, what does it mean? So we're, we're the we're talking about it, but what we're doing is we're twisting it, we're spinning it, so we're not talking about emancipation. That's not the headline. The date is, and not even a particular date, but kind of a range, Juneteenth something. It really takes the focus off of the real history, what occurred, and puts it on this idea that it just kind of happened. There was slavery and white people did it. That's the kind of careful spin that is perpetuating this. And it it becomes a big, it's right along with that trap of if you get your news from any unapproved source, you're a wacko. That's, I think that's what people are picking up on. It's going to be very difficult to push back on. Folks, another quick break, a lot more. Politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. While the pandemic rages on, you need to stay healthy. You need to take care of your health. You need to stop in and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Call Marie. I call her the Queen of Health, 401 305 3585. You've seen the her store. It's right in that old white church. It's my health, because folks, it's about your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Shop local. Stop it and see Marie. What do we have? Well, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like the incredible acai berry. She also has honey, maple syrup. Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, has over 250 bulk herbs, teas and spices that can be purchased by the ounce plus box herbs and teas the service is the best plus hemp and cbd products plus massage therapy reflexology pilates folks stop it and see her it's my health because it's about your health and staying healthy and children's vitamins 1099 menden road in cumberland you can call her at 401 305 3585. Stop in and see Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Because remember, it's your health. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? 
Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchels at Innovas Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchels at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Spring is here. Time to contact Bethel Certified Softwash. You can text Jared a free estimate at 401-617-2585. Bethel Certified Softwash. They have a great website. It's RhodeIslandSoftwashing.com. Outside your home, let's get rid of the grime and the stains. Maybe some of that, that green algae and moss and mildew that build up. Over the course of the winter, call Bethel Certified Soft Wash today. Again, outside your restaurant or your home or a roof or a deck or a patio or a walkway, it's Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Remember, it's biodegradable. It's plant safe. Look for them on Facebook, Bethel, B-E-T-H-E-L. Their Facebook page, the before and after, are just tremendous. Contact them today for a free same-day text estimate, 401 617 2585, 401-617-2585. Again, remember, they have a great website. It's Rhode Island Softwashing.com. Bethel Certified Soft Wash and Power Wash.